we are starting a new series. We're calling it Equip, and we are, we are going to talk for the next five weeks about learning how to share our faith, about being equipped to tell people about Jesus. And we have got a little booklet, our, our little uh, notebook we're going to give you. Now, we don't have enough notebooks tonight. They did not come in. They lied to Brittany. But we have plenty of the sheets, and every week we will give you the new sheets. There's little fill-in-the-blanks so you can play along. Don't panic. We're not going to get you on stage to role-play. Norman, come up here and share with David Caston your story or whatever. If We'll get your permission before we'll do that. As they're passing it out, did you know there, there's a couple of reasons that people don't share their faith? We're going to look at that, at those more in a moment. But even for people who know Jesus Christ, who really do, one of the reasons they don't share their faith that we hear, and that, I mean, when I say we, I'm talking about national surveys, is people say we don't know how to share our faith. So what we're going to attempt to do over the next few weeks is to equip ourselves how to tell people about Jesus. And, you know, the great thing is tonight, if you're, you're here and you're not a Christian, every time uh, that I have led a, an equipping training like this in three other churches, someone always gets saved that goes through this program. Isn't that neat? Because uh, you, God begins to work on your heart when you see these fundamental things. By the way, I'll just say this. Uh, in, in a few weeks, we're going to begin a series on Sunday morning. We're going to talk about your royal purpose here on this earth, why God's left you. And, and that purpose in Second Corinthians basically 5, 11 through the end of the chapter is about bringing other people to Jesus. When, when Jesus left, when Jesus left, it's told in Matthew 28, it's told in another gospel too, it's told in Acts chapter 1. Do you remember the last words Jesus said to his disciples? And he was saying it to all of us. Do you remember the last words he said? He said, go and have business meetings, be against dancing, and let the world know that you don't care if they go to heaven or hell. That's not what he said, was it? His last words, how many of you agree the last thing that Jesus Christ would say intentionally would be pretty significant? He said, go throughout the world, and I'm paraphrasing, and win people to Christ, baptize them, and grow them up in Christ. So we're going to try to look the next five weeks. We're not going to try to rush through it when the timer goes off. We'll call it a night. That's what you want to hear. Amen? Okay. I don't know if you have. Does everybody have a sheet that wants a sheet? You can get a little blue notebook next week. Don't be jealous of your neighbor if they got a blue notebook and you didn't. Again, if you want to pay $2 for that, you do, do what God leads you to do. Some of you just tithe a little extra. We won't have to worry about the $2. Amen? Y'all aren't very chipper tonight. What's wrong with you guys? Let's change the subject. We'll talk about tithing in hell. That would please you more, wouldn't it? You know, that would have to be one of the punishments of hell, wouldn't it, is they have to tithe over and over and over again. (laughs) That is funny. I don't care who you are. Okay, on the very first of it, our equipping training, witnessing training. I'll be honest with you, we've been deceiving you. We haven't come out and told you this was going to be witness training because that would scare half of you off. So just stay with us for a few weeks. Because I think this will really help. I think this will benefit your life. 
And by the way, when you get to heaven 150 years from now and you're in heaven, there better be some other people there because of your influence. There better be. There better be. And there should be and there can be. Let's begin with this. Number one, the four keys to being an effective witness. Your blanks, you got those blanks there to kind of help you stay with me. The four keys to being an effective witness. A witness in the Bible is someone who testifies to what they have seen or experienced in the New Testament. A witness is someone who has encountered Christ, experienced Christ, and they're sharing that. Does that make sense? That's what a witness is. And there's, there, there's several keys that are going to be fundamental to you being effective in sharing Jesus Christ or not, okay? Uh, and some of these, uh, the wording of this, and it's all my, on me, is, was more spoken writing versus professional writing, if that makes sense. So if it seems a little awkward, that's me speaking to you versus writing. But before you learn methods, before you learn techniques how to witness, you, you have to have the heart, the heart has to be right, and you have to be at the heart of the issue. In other words, you, you aren't going to help other people come to Christ if you're lost or if you're a Christian that's away from God. Your heart and my heart has to be where it needs to be. Does that make sense? This can be interactive, so talk back to me occasionally tonight. You're dead on Sunday mornings, but let's have fun tonight, right? I'm just playing with you. You're not. If you really want to be the soul winner God wants you to be, these four things must be right. Here's the number one, the sub-point, your own relationship to Christ. Your own relationship to Christ. Why would this be important? We will never consistently, we will never consistently win others to Christ if we are not right with Him ourselves. If we're not right with Christ ourselves, we'll never be effective witnesses, not consistently. And I've got three sub-points under this. The first thing is your salvation. This is rhetorical. I mean, if you want to come down right now and give your life to Christ, you you feel free to do that or after the the invitation. But your salvation, are, are are you saved? This is something you're going to hear me say over the next few weeks on Sunday mornings in a few weeks and the, the reason a lot of church members and professing Christians never win someone to Christ is they've never experienced Christ themselves. It's really hard to share effectively something you don't own, right? I mean, I, I can talk to you about dinosaurs a little bit. I've read about them. I've seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> but I can't talk to you like a caveman who was chased by a Tyrannosaurus rex, amen? I don't even know if I pronounced that right. But you know the big ugly ones? Hey, are you willing to bet right now that if your number's called tonight and you're standing for God, are you going to heaven? You have to be saved to be an effective witness. The second thing is your current relationship with Jesus, your current relationship with Jesus. Okay, you're saved. How are you and Jesus tonight? You know, preacher, I was that matter. I'm, I'm, I listen to 18 sermons a week. I read the deepest books, and I can argue Revelation. John 15, 5 is a profound verse. John 15, 5. 
Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Please read this last part with me. For apart from me, you can do some things. Apart from me, you can do a few things. Apart from me, you can do what? You can do nothing. Uh, who said that? And some Baptist preacher in Dubach. Who said that? Whose words are those? Jesus Christ. You think he knows what he's talking about? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay? To be a soul winner, we must be saved and in a good relationship with Jesus. This is so simple, but it is profound. We must be saved and we must be in a good relationship with Jesus. The third thing, and this goes hand in glove with it, your daily walk with Jesus. You know, in some ways, Jesus made it hard for us. Don't you wish you could just get saved and then you were filled with the Spirit and everything was good the rest of your life? <laughs> it doesn't work that way, does it? It's, it's, a, daily, it's a daily walk. You, you have to be saved and living for Him. And I put a, a phrase here. Are you, right, are you not right with God this evening in a general sense? I mean, things have just not been where they should be with you and God for a while. Or maybe it's just this week. Maybe it's just tonight. But you and I must daily choose to live close to the source. The source is who? The Louisiana Baptist Convention? <laughs> the source is who? Jesus. Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says, this is talking about Jesus. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the Scriptures. That literally means that, that when it says as usual, that Jesus' custom of his life, hey, is he went to church every week. Isn't that a profound concept? And Luke 5 16, Luke 5, 16, I love this. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You say, well, winning other people to Christ, that's just a gifting. That's a lie. Nowhere in the Bible it says some are gifted to do it, some are not. In Ephesians 4, when it talks about the gift of evangelism, it's talking about a church office like a pastor. That's, that's a totally different thing. We're all called to do this. Your own relationship with Christ is the greatest determiner of what you're going to do in helping other people come to Jesus. Let me ask you, let's pause for a second. Do you believe that? It's true. Is two plus two four? Does it matter if I believe that or not? No. I'm not very intelligent if I don't believe that. Amen? Amen. Say the pastor's not intelligent. You like that, don't you? <laughs> truth is truth, whether I believe it or not. And, and the reason that 95% of people who profess to be Christians never lead another person to Jesus is because something's wrong in their own heart. That's bad, isn't it? But it's right. Our relationship with Jesus. Here's number two, understanding salvation. Understanding salvation. You say, why would this matter in soul winning? Well, if, if, you, if you do not clearly know what you believe about salvation, it's hard to share the truth with others. Amen? 
And you're not going to have a very strong conviction, are you? Okay, if you wanted to talk musical specificity, would you go to Reggie Hanchy, Wayne Bridges, Josh Walker, or Chris Craig? You're not smart if you go to Chris Craig. I mean, I know good songs and bad songs. I mean, don't, don't you guys, don't you know when someone ought to sing in the shower and that's the only place they should ever sing, ever? <laughs> I know that. But, but, but the people who know the details of music, it's a different ballgame for them, isn't it? You've got to know what the right thing is about salvation. Here's number one. Salvation is through the Baptist church alone. You didn't write that, I hope. Through the Catholic Church. It's through Jesus Christ alone. Now, let's pause. Is that true? John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Jesus' best friends, Jewish men, Jewish by religion and birth their whole life, said salvation is in no one else. God has given us no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Folks, according to the Bible, there are not multiple ways to God. Does this seem narrow? It's supposed to. It's supposed to. Matthew 7 Jesus said, narrow is the way, wide is the road to destruction, but narrow is the way of, he, of salvation and of him. Here's, I'm going to give you a great helper right here. Remember, it's not you being narrow-minded. It's Jesus and the Bible. Isn't that good? Billy Graham, Billy Graham was famous when someone would, Larry King or someone would try to pigeonhole him. And he'd hold to the truth, and here's what he'd say. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> and, folks, that's not a cowardly cop-out, is it? So the next time that someone accuses you of being narrow-minded, all you have to say is, I'm just quoting Jesus in the Bible, right? Pretty important, pretty important. Number two, salvation comes when one places their faith in Jesus. Some people say salvation just happens. Have you ever talked to somebody who said, I've always been a Christian? Have you ever heard that before? I've, I've heard that on a number of occasions. Hey, when, tell me when you gave your life to Christ. I've always been a Christian. You have not. You have not. We'll see a verse. Well, we're fixing to see a verse in a moment that clearly says that's not true. It, does it happen by baptism or sprinkling? Those are your next two blanks. Baptism or sprinkling. If you get baptized... Are sprinkled? Does that make you a Christian? There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, we're big, we're pro-baptism here. We love to baptize every week, but you can get baptized so many times the fish know you by name in the river, that's not going to get you to heaven. John 1, 12. John 1, 12. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 3, 3. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. See, 
salvation is the second birth. How many of you have been born? Please raise your hands. There are people watching on the internet. We're scanning the audience. You've all been born. (laughs) You're not a pod who just appeared. (laughs) You get to heaven by being born again. Okay? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, great verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no man can boast. No one can boast. Doesn't it, does it go on? That it? Okay, good. Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the, here's the, the third thing here, and I think it's very important. Saving faith, we get confused on this, it involves mental belief, repentance, and a life commitment. Saving faith is not just believing facts about Jesus, it's it's mental belief, it's repentance and life commitment. I want to see the John 1, 12 again. John 1, 12 is the verse you ought to memorize because it lays it out so clear. But, but to all who received him and who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Remember the New Testament was written in Greek, and that Greek word believe is a full word. It doesn't just mean mental assent. It means a receiving of Jesus, a committing of your life. It, it's a lively faith that changes you. I believe the facts and it affects my life. Again, the John 3, 3, you must be born again. That salvation, mental, mental belief's not enough. Salvation that faith in Christ that saves you is so radical, it's considered a second birth. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, our text for Sunday morning, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Very, very important. You're trying to help someone come to Christ. You're going to hear a lot of times people say, I believe in Jesus. Remember the soul of the devil. Well, I've been baptized. I've been sprinkled. What does faith in Christ that's going to get me to heaven mean? It means I have surrendered my life to Christ. I have committed myself to him. I've accepted him into my life. Here's the fourth thing, and this is, this is very important. Who can be saved? Who can be saved? How many of you believe you can be saved? That's pretty good. That'd be pretty weird if you didn't believe you could be, wouldn't it? But there's people who believe that not everybody can be. Now, I certainly don't believe everybody will be. John 3, 15 and 16. So that, read this out loud, so that some who believe in him will have eternal life. What does it say? Read Not very unified, but we got it. John three sixteen, which you know well. For God so loved a few of us that he gave his one and only son that if the men would believe in him, they would not perish. It doesn't say that, does it? The world is the sum total of individuals. Everyone is who? It's everyone. And I love Second Peter 3, 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. Listen, you're looking at somebody. You, you need to believe that Jesus can save them. Amen? Man, the coolest, one of the coolest stories I have in my past was an old man in our church. And he was grouchy. By the time I got there, he was close to death, so he was nice to me. But I had a really, really good guy in my church told me one time, he said, he'll never be saved. He's just too far gone. 
And I got to lead him to Christ before he died. Nobody's too far gone. You're too far gone when your heart stops and you're standing before God. 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord isn't really slow. He's talking about the second coming, about his promises, some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want who? Anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Here's the third thing, and that's understanding man's lost condition. Understanding where we all are without Jesus, our lost condition. Man is spiritually lost without Jesus. John 3.18 is a sobering verse. It's the ugly cousin of John 3.16. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. We say amen to that, don't we? But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of of the only Son of God. Dr. R.G. Lee was a great preacher in Memphis years and years ago, and he talked about this verse. And he said, the lost person is standing on the gallows with the hangman's noose around his neck waiting for his sentence to be carried out. Lost people are in peril without Jesus. John 14, 6, again, is that, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, pause with me for a second. Let me, let me have your attention. Your kids, your parents, your friends, do you, you don't need to raise your hand or say anything unless you want to. Do you believe without Jesus Christ that they're lost? I'm going to tell you something sad. I don't think we really do. Not enough to do anything about it. You need to let this sink from your head to your heart. Your kid, your grandkid, your husband, your wife, they're not going to heaven because they know you. Because you have money. Well, you got power and influence. That'll work on the judgment day. Show your gold to Jesus and then he'll show you the streets of heaven. <laughs> no matter who they are without Christ, you... Man, you, you are, without Jesus Christ, you are in bad, a bad spot. It's what the Bible says. That's the second thing. Lost people are in a dangerous position with God. They're in a dangerous position with God. We won't read that. It's that John three eighteen again. Jamie, you don't have to put it back up there. When I'm witnessing to people that, that are, are acknowledging that they're not saved or they're not sure, one of the things I'll ask them, are you willing to roll the dice that you'll have another chance? Are you, you willing, are you willing to walk out of here tonight and say, I don't know if I'm saved or I'm not a Christian, but I'll, I'll wait till Sunday. It's a dangerous spot. Number three, lost people who die without Jesus Die without Jesus, and if you're lost and you die, you die without Jesus. Go to an eternal hell, an eternal hell. Revelation twenty fifteen, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And number four, hell is a horrible and real place. Hell is a horrible and real place. 
Matthew 25, there's three verses in here. Verse 30, it says, Now throw the useless servant out into the darkness, the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is talking about hell here. Verse 41, Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, not prepared for people, but for the devil and his demons. And verse 46 and they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. You see in your notes, there's two other scriptures. We won't re- re- read these tonight, but the Luke 16 is a story of the rich man and Lazarus and the rich man in hell. And again, the Revelation 20:15. I had a teacher in seminary who said, and I believe this, until you believe that your family members, your friends, the people you love, people you don't know, people across the world that, that don't know Jesus are headed to a, a real hell. He said, you're never going to be the witness that you could be. I mean, if we all die and end up in the same place, if there's not a hell, does that make sense? Every person you meet is eternal. Every person you meet is, is on a trajectory either to heaven or hell. And hell's eternal and it's real. And one thing I love about First Baptist Ruston is that we are, I don't think we have a sophisticated pastor, but we have a sophisticated church. We have a a learned church. We have people who don't have much money. We have people who have a lot of money. But one thing I'm proud of this church is I believe we do believe hell's real. We just need to let it motivate our lives. Number four, the importance of prayer and witnessing. I'm going to run through these a little quick to wrap it up. Your own daily prayer life. Get your heart right with others. Confess your sins. Jamie, let's don't put these on the board right now. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. And it says, if talking to Christians, if we forgive others, God forgives us. If we don't forgive them, God doesn't forgive us. In the Matthew 6, excuse me, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. In other words, for me to be effective as a Christian in any area of my Christian life, making sure that I don't let bitterness or sin, unconfessed sin, get a foothold. Pray specifically for lost people. Pray, number two, specifically for lost people. In 1 Timothy 2, I'll just share what this says. God, through Paul, says, man, I want you to pray for everybody. I want you to pray for all men because it's, Jamie, put that up there. I urge, first of all, that you pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so they will leave us alone and we can live peaceful and quiet lives. Amen? Marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there's one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus, who gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Wow. Isn't that great? You pray for lost people. Pray for God to be working on their hearts. Number three, 
I want Jamie the rest of the scriptures right now. We might do the Romans one in a moment. But the Acts 26, let me share with you. Paul is before the king, and, and, and he, you know, Paul's just this nobody to them, and he's witnessing to them. And they say, you think you can convince us to become a Christian right now? And Paul says, I'm sure trying. I'm praying for it. I'm, isn't that, good, that great? Uh, Acts 26, 27 through 29. Pray for the chance to witness to people. We're going to talk about that more. Pray daily God will break your heart over their lost condition. Boy, listen, this is key. Romans 9, 1 through 3. I'm going to read this. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. May my conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ if that would save them. Here's what Paul said. I would be willing to go to hell if that would mean these people being saved. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not willing to go to hell for any of you. But I need that burden. Pray for God to do that in your heart. Pray that God would make you a soul winner. And that's 1 Corinthians 10, 33, 11, 1. We're going to read this. We're getting ready to wrap it up. I try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what's best for others so that they may be what? Say. So they'll come to my group. So they'll be, no, they'll be saved. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. God, through Paul, was saying, my heart is to do everything I can to help other people come to Christ, and you should be like me. You pray daily for the chance to witness to people. I want to do two things before we close. I want to, I want to share with you two verses that I, would, I want to challenge you to memorize these for next week. Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is what? Is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. You still got your your notebooks open. Write down the names of two people that you know who who may not be Christians. Folks, that's not being judgmental. Being judgmental is is looking at somebody and saying, they're not a Christian. Look at them, how they... But but, but if you say, you know, I just don't know if this person is a Christian, that's not being judgmental. If I go in and my doctor thinks I've got some problem, he's not judging me by saying that. He's trying to help me. Write down the names of two people. At least one of them, hopefully locally. And start praying for those people. We're going to have a brief prayer time. But before we do, I, I, want, to, I want you to look at me just for a second. Do you really believe the things that we saw tonight? You believe it enough to let it sink from here to here. This is going to be our invitation. Let's bow our heads. If you want to come and pray at the altar for yourself or someone, you feel free to. If you want to join the church or give your life to Christ after church, we will talk to you. We would love to help you. We're not going to have a come forward response tonight. But again, we'll help you after church if you want prayer or or if you want to join or to give your life to Christ. But you pray with me right now. 
Again, if you want to come and kneel and pray at the altar, you certainly can do that. But just ask God, God, break my heart for lost people. Help my theology to be good. Give me courage. God, help me to be an eternal difference maker. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.